You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national. We cover down on all the issues. And like that dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, it is uh, it is that day. It is, it is Friday. All day long, Boomer's on the board. Hey, buddy, it's Friday. Hey, it is Friday. Whoop, whoop, Friday. We love some Friday's. We do love some Friday's, <laughs> man. You like a server, you like a like a side of Friday's with that? Yes, we mm. would. Um, yeah, welcome to the end of the week, you guys. And uh and and congratulations on making it through another work week and into a weekend. And I know for some of y'all, there's probably a work week still trailing into the weekend, but nonetheless, uh, blessings on it. Plus, boomer, am I right? Is this the weekend we uh have to spring our clocks forward? Oh. I believe you are right. Look, look that up before I'm, we finish talking because I think <laughs> I'm glad that's you said an important something. Piece. We we may be getting our daylight back this weekend. I think we do. I think it's uh, tomorrow night. Um, whoop whoop. That yeah. would be. I mean, I like having me some daylight back, but but mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's an important piece. March twelfth. That would be yeah. That's that's midnight tomorrow night. Man. Yeah. Alrighty then. All right, gonna lose some sleep, <laughs> but we're gonna gain some sun. Um, all right. Hey, listen, we got a great show laid on for you today at three o'clock. Uh, you're going to want to be in tune for this because uh, Jared Hudson, uh, the former Navy SEAL uh, who uh, ran for sheriff in Etowah, excuse me, in uh, Jefferson County, um, he's also but the the owner and operator of an organization called the Covenant Rescue Group. The Covenant Rescue Group does actual missions uh, to help save and to work with law enforcement in the realm of human trafficking. Uh, so we're going to talk to Jared Hudson because human trafficking, y'all, human trafficking is a big deal, and Alabama is a big, big linchpin in the human trafficking corridors. So um, we'll talk about that with Jared Hudson live here in studio at three o'clock. Stay tuned for that one. And then at four o'clock, John Rogers, uh, our friend, John Rogers, our favorite pollster will be on the line with us. They just completed signal polling who he works with, just completed a national survey of the major issues that, that voters care about. So we're going to talk about that with him at four o'clock. I think you'll find that fascinating. In the meantime, I've still got a triple dipper, so hit it. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right, the Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know as we run today's show. So number one, the blue state exodus. It continues. I mean, I'm talking about people are bailing out of blue states and flooding into the red states like Alabama, Florida, and some of the others. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about that in detail. Why? How many? And what are the trends? So the blue state exodus, number one on the triple dipper. Number two, in that conjunction with that conversation with Jared Hudson, trafficking is here. Trafficking is here. Unfortunately, I-20 going straight to the middle of Alabama is considered to be the hotbed trafficking corridor in the nation. And so, yeah, trafficking, it's, it's here. It's a problem. It's the scourge of our lifetime. It may be the civil rights issue of our lifetime. We'll talk about it in detail Number two of the Triple Dipper, trafficking is here. And then number three, the issues to run on. What, what are the issues people care about? What, what are people saying about different things like national security, uh, taxation, uh, the economy? Yeah, all those things and more. We're going to talk about it and also have that conversation with John Rogers from Signal Polling and Analytics. 
That's right. The issues to run on. Um, all right. Let me let me jump over to my comments today and, and, and just tell you, uh, last night, Charlene and I, we had the honor to attend the Alabama Republican Party's winter dinner and listen to the keynote address by Governor Ron DeSantis. By the way, special shout out to Lee from Huntsville and her friend Dee also, uh, who, who sat in and, and did an amazing job uh, sitting here in the Right Side studio and guest hosting the show for an hour. So Lee from Huntsville, thank you so much for that. But yeah, last night, Charlene and I, we were down in Hoover at the Alabama Republican Party's winter dinner. And uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, he just, he just knocked it out of the park, man. As expected, the man who has become known as America's governor just literally, like I said, knocked it out of the park. I don't know Governor DeSantis personally, but I hope to meet him at some point in the future. And whether or not he runs for president remains to be seen, but in my opinion, everything he talked about for 30 to 40 minutes in front of a crowd of almost 1,600 attendees, it needs to be a part of the next presidential administration, no matter who wins. To include the most important takeaway that I got from his speech, the most important thing. I mean, he talked about fiscal discipline. He talked about traditional values. He talked about taking care of our kids, pushing back on woke ideology. He talked about the southern border, the Constitution, cutting red tape, fighting good fights, ending bad fights. But the most important thing that he said all evening was a thing that sold me on his potential to be a national statesman. He said this, you ready? Quote, he said, you can be right on all the policies, but if you don't have the courage of your convictions, you're not going to beat the left. Did you hear that? You can be right on all the policies, but if you don't have the courage of your convictions, you're not going to beat the left. None of the policies matter. None of the rhetoric matters. None of the plans and budgets and agenda items matter. None of them. If the leader at the helm does not go into each and every one of them without the courage to back up his or her conviction, make them happen. Some years ago, when I was still in Montgomery, we were in the midst of a serious debate on the floor of the Senate. One of the guys who had been there longer than me was standing near me, and he looked over at me. I'll never forget this. He said, hey, Phil, this is a dicey one. You might want to take a walk on this one so you don't have to be on the record. I looked at him and said, I didn't come down here to take walks. He had no idea what to say to that because he was one who, despite being elected to do hard things, was of the belief that personal and political self-preservation were far more important than taking hard stands. I heard recently, by the way, that that same guy is considering a run for higher office and he will not have my vote. In these times that we're in, we don't need nor do we have time for public officials who look for the most expedient route or the easy road or the soft landing. Conservatives take note that the left does not care about your political future or whether you made the debate go smoother. The far left progressives, they want to burn your house down with you in it and they could care less about whether or not you want to offer them compromise or avoid going on the record. And it's not enough, by the way, just to have convictions. We must also have the courage to stand when our convictions are challenged. When I was a young paratrooper, I made my first jump off the ramp one day, basically out the back of the aircraft as opposed to jumping out the side door. The jump master was a Green Beret master sergeant who did all of his air safety checks, gave all the right commands, and I was expecting him to tell me when to jump and then follow me out, but he didn't do that. I'll never forget, he stood up. He looked at the jumpers that were waiting, and when the green light went on, he just yelled, follow me, and he went off the ramp into the abyss, first off the ramp, follow me, and I believe I would have followed him anywhere at that moment. You see, here's the deal. People will follow when a leader stands up and says, I see a way forward, and I'm willing to go first, and I'm willing to risk it. Follow me. Ronald Reagan is one political figure who comes to mind when I think of someone who had the courage of his convictions. 
Reagan was trounced on by the left on a regular basis. What could a guy who's a movie star possibly know about leadership? He starred in movies with monkeys. Never mind that he'd been on the record for years as a conservative. Never mind his successful run as the governor of California back when California used to elect conservative governors. Reagan stood in the face of extreme opposition in the wake of the Carter era. He faced the Cold War with the Soviet Union, the question of restoring a broken economy, a time when American foreign policy was in the tank and political expediency was the norm. But he had convictions, and he had the strength to do something with those convictions, no matter what the naysayers threw out of him. One account about Reagan's legacy said this, and I'm quoting, says, quote, the defining feature of Ronald Reagan was his moral courage. It takes tremendous moral courage to resist the overwhelming tide of received opinion and so-called expert wisdom and to say and do exactly the opposite. It could not have been pleasant for Reagan to be denounced as an ignorant cowboy or an extremist or a warmonger, a fascist, or worse, by people who thought themselves to be intellectually superior to him. Yet Reagan responded to those brickbats with the cheery resolve that characterized not only the man, but his entire career. What is more, he proceeded during his two terms as president to prove his critics completely wrong. The quote continues by saying this, During Reagan's presidency, America enjoyed its longest period of sustained economic growth in the 20th century. Meanwhile, in the realm of foreign policy, the Reagan doctrine led to the defeat of the worst totalitarian scourge to blight the globe since the defeat of the Nazis in World War II. By the time Reagan left office, the faith of Americans and the greatness of their country had been restored. In retrospect, Reagan's was a great American success story. Born in rented rooms above a little bank in Tampico, Illinois, he ended his days as the single most important American conservative figure of the last century. Not bad for an ignorant cowboy. But you see, here's me again quoting, it did not happen because Reagan took a walk on the hard stuff. He believed it. He acted on it. And the world was better because he did. Because in part, conservative policies, they'll always work out better than left-wing ideologies, but it's got to be more than that. There is something that takes place when a leader is willing to get out front and stake his or her position, literally stake out the ground unequivocally. The naysayers are going to show up, but so will the people then who are dying for someone to actually lead. Not everyone has the gift of leadership. That's okay. But those who do have the gift of leadership, they have an obligation to use that gift effectively, to not waffle around looking for the easy way out, trying to find a way to take a walk on the dicey stuff. People will respond to a leader who says with the courage of his convictions, I see a better way. Follow me. And that's a wrap for the right side way. Well, yeah, DeSantis knocked it out of the park last night. And like I said, maybe he'll run right now. The odds are that he will. And I look at it and think, all right, you know what? He's already proven he's willing to take the hard stands. I've got a record to see there. I can see it. But regardless of whether it's him or somebody else, we need somebody in that office who actually has the courage of convictions that we believe in. Somebody will stand up and say, I will take the heat no matter what. And when that happens, I guarantee you, people will line up to follow. All right, folks. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Saving the world one soundbite at a time. Hey, the text lines are open, 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. Text in or you can call in on that same number if you want to. Uh, I'm curious if anybody else uh, saw uh, Ron DeSantis last night, what your thoughts were. Um, I mean, it was a political speech. There's no way around it. And I'll, I'll be honest, I, I, I heard that speech and I thought, he's running. <laughs> so, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's almost a given that he's running. But you know what? Right now, uh, his, he's, he's able to almost get more done by not announcing his race. I mean, he's able to get out there and, and tour as, just as the governor of a state who's being called upon to give speeches in other states. I mean, it's not like he's having to go say, would you let me come? No. I mean, they're, they're seeking him out. And, and the speech, by the way, was solid, man. It was, it was good. So, yeah, if you saw it last night, uh, I'd love to get your thoughts. 833-687-4448. Call it in or text it in. Uh, I will say this. This crap, John from Huntsville just texted us a minute ago. You know, Lee uh, was uh, subbing in for, for me yesterday in the last yeah. hour of the show. And he says, hey, Phil, are you filling in for Lee today? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But what what a cool thing, though, that, that Lee was able to do that. So, I mean, just we have some amazing audience members, and we know it. And we don't take that for granted, not a bit. And just out of the blue, one day uh, I was sitting here thinking, huh, I wonder if any of our callers could ever sit in. And then Lee called in and said something. I forgot what it was, but it was so spot on. I thought, I'm going to just ask if she wants to do it. And so, lo and behold, um, Lee's been thinking about doing a podcast. And so she said, well... Yeah, so here she was, <laughs> and uh, did a good job too, didn't she? Oh, she did awesome. Yeah, she awesome. Did. She did good stuff. Good stuff. Um, TC from Priceville detected in. Said, "Well said, sir. My preacher this past Sunday preached on conviction. One quote he said was that I couldn't stop thinking about was my convictions I'll die for, whereas my opinions aren't worth a penny. That's a great quote. Mm. That's a great quote. Um, so yeah, hey TC from Priceville, thanks so much for that." Uh, we also got a chance to uh, to, uh, to have one of our listeners just stop by the studio today. Um, uh, I think he's also wait from Priceville. Yeah, oh. uh, Keith uh, from Keith. Uh, came in from Priceville and uh, hung out in the studio and said, "Hey, got to meet Boomer and just yeah, it's always cool when it folks are stopping by." Yeah, meet him. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's like several of our listeners that have been able to stop by the studio here. Where our studio is in Gadsden, in case you didn't know. In fact, a lot of people don't realize Right Side Radio is a standalone business. All right, so we are a fully self-contained, standalone business. We got our own staff, our own facilities. Uh, the the studio is in Gadsden. Um, it's overlooking the, uh, the 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 beautiful Gadsden Country Club golf course, which is where I can look out the window and see all the lawyers who don't have to work playing golf on a Friday <laughs> afternoon. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's where we're at. We we have to uh, we have to work our own business end of things too. So if you want to advertise on Right Side Radio, just understand that we sell our own advertising, and we will put our advertising staff in touch with you. Love to get your business on the Right Side team, and we got several more in the hopper right now that I think are going to be coming uh, on the airwaves with us here shortly. So uh, so yeah, Right Side Radio standalone business, and you can find out all our stuff. By the way, I'll just say that. You can find out all our stuff, how to contact us. Every bit of it is on our website, rightsideradio.org, rightsideradio.org. We have our podcasts on there. We have the live show, or the, the streaming right now where you can watch in studio. And, uh, and we've got you know our, our recommended reading list, our information about the show, all of it. All, all y'all can go down to <laughs> rightsideradio.org and uh, check it out. Um, man, okay, so here's, here's the deal. 
Coming up in a minute, we've got number one of the Triple Dipper, the Blue State Exodus. We're going to cover that for a bit about the the number of states Democrat-controlled with liberal policies that are hemorrhaging people. I don't mean like a little bit. I mean like, Lord God, someone put a tourniquet on that thing because they are hemorrhaging. Got a sucking chest wound when it comes to their population. And so that's happening right now. But then the other thing that I want you guys to stay in tune with is we have two great guests today. I'm pretty stoked about both of them. Jared Hudson, former Navy SEAL, uh, who most recently ran for sheriff and, and, and took the Democrat to a very close race. Um, yeah, uh, I think it was like 52-48. Um, but, um, but nonetheless, Jared Hudson, he's not only a former SEAL who has an, uh, a, a, a mission to sort of train and equip law enforcement and, and runs his own business in that regard. He also has a 501c3, um, which we're going to be talking to him about, called the Covenant Rescue Group. And the Covenant Rescue Group, um, their mission in life is to work the issue of human trafficking in a very active way. So we're going to talk with Jared Hudson at 3 o'clock about human trafficking in the state of Alabama and what his group, the Covenant uh, Rescue Group, does to literally attack the issue uh, using skills that he gained over a career uh, on the teams. Uh, so that's, that's going to be very cool. I'm looking forward to that discussion. Um, and if you want to text in, call in during that time, you're welcome to it. If we can get a chance to, to throw your questions towards him, you let us uh, know what they are, and we'll try to get that done. 833-687-4448. All right. So number one of the Triple Dipper, the Blue State Exodus. You may have heard me do this in the past, but it turns out that one of the best ways of actually telling what's going on with people moving to and fro is to get the information from U-Haul. <laughs> U-Haul. <laughs> that official government policy enacted by U-Haul. Yeah, I got that first out the gate when we get back. You, you may want to know that U-Haul actually does an annual report on their intro and outro people who rent one way to go somewhere or to leave somewhere. Who's losing the most? Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. side ruffians out there you are listening to right side radio solid conservative just plain right and we are back bill williams Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right, covering down on some major ground across the northern half of the beautiful state of Alabama. I'm talking about from way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gaston, parts of Georgia and Tennessee, and even old Mississippi, just for good measure. Um, 
Hey, uh, let me tell you, the, I said before, the text lines are indeed open, uh, 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. Um, uh, my, my friend Teresa from Albertville, who was at the dinner last night, uh, she, she just texted in. Glad, Teresa, glad you're in the text string. Appreciate you. Um, and uh, and, and she, she's, by the way, she's been an active worker in uh, conservative and Republican uh, politics for, like, ever. Um, and uh, Jerry from Meridianville, he texted in and says, Hey, Phil, was Governor Ivy at the event last night taking notes? Just wondering. <laughs> she actually introduced um, uh, Governor DeSantis. And, and it, was a, it was a very warm, uh, you know, introduction. Uh, but she, you know, of course, she does not have the, 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 the record, in my opinion, that uh, DeSantis does. And she doesn't have the, the, the level of enthusiasm and personal energy that he does. Um, but, um, but yes, she was there. So that's, that's good. Um, all right. Number one of the triple dipper here, the blue state exodus. So here's a story that literally comes from the website, uhaul.com. So you can go to uhaul's website, uhaul.com, and you can find this report. This one came out in January of this year. It says Texas, Florida, and the Carolinas were the preferred destinations of one-way U-Haul truck customers during 2022, ranking as the top growth states on the annual U-Haul Growth Index. Did you know there was such a thing? Boomer's looking at me like, what? I, I had no clue. <laughs> oh, U-Haul. The U-Haul Growth Index, brother. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is how we uh, figure out where Peoples is moving to. So it says U-Haul transactional data confirms that migration to the Southeast and Southwest United States, those trends that were amplified and accelerated during the pandemic, they continued through last year, although overall, overall DIY moves, meaning U-Haul moves, slowed slightly in, in most states. It says demand for equipment out of California, Illinois, and New York remained strong as more people opted to leave the West Coast, the Northeast, and the Midwest. California and Illinois ranked 50th and 49th, respectively, on the U-Haul Growth Index, meaning those states saw the fewest number of, uh, or those saw the, saw the greatest net losses off of one-way U-Haul trucks. Okay, here's the deal: Who won? Well, Tennessee, or excuse me, Texas is the number one growth state according to U-Haul, um, and that's by the way, that's the second consecutive year in a row they've been number one, and the fifth time since 2016. Florida, as you might well imagine. Florida ranks second, and Florida has been a top three growth rate state seven years in a row. So U-Haul says they're sending a lot of trucks to Florida, just so you know. And U-Haul ain't sending many trucks to California, just so you know. And you might be interested to know, too, Alabama ranks as one of the top two um, growth states in terms of the number of, of, of trucks that, like basically their increase has been more significant than most. It says Virginia and Alabama are the biggest risers, climbing 26 spots from their respective 2021 rankings. So yeah, all of a sudden, Virginia and Alabama look like great places to live. Although it ain't all of a sudden for me, I've known that for a while. Best kept secret in the Southeast, in my opinion, Alabama. Property taxes are so low. You can do business here and raise your kids here. Um, Anyway, U-Haul, U-Haul's got it going on. It says that you, by the way, this article does say it's written by U-Haul, for U-Haul, about U-Haul. But it says U-Haul is the authority on migration trends thanks to its expansive network that blankets all 50 states and 10 Canadian provinces. That is not a paid advertisement, by the way. <laughs> Just thought I'd give them some kudos. Um, so, <laughs> so what's the deal? I mean, what are the metrics that are driving this? 
It's one thing to say that's where they're going and coming, but the underlying question is is why? Pray tell. Pray tell. What what possibly could be driving this mass exodus from the blue states? Washington Examiner has a piece that came out right at the end of the year last year, just before New Year's. It says, where are Americans moving and where, to make things more specific, have Americans been moving since COVID lockdowns? The Census Bureau's estimates of the population of 50 states and D.C. are in. Domestic outmigration, in other words, where they're leaving from, it matches U-Haul's numbers. New York, Illinois, California. He says, these staggering numbers are far higher than any other state. So in, in 2020 to 2022, a two-year period, 3.3% of New York uh, population and 2.2% of Illinois and California left. You may think, it's only 2%. It's 2% of a lot of people. It's a bunch. I mean, like, that's a lot of people. It says the losses are undoubtedly concentrated in central cities, not coincidentally, these states have some of the nation's highest state and local tax rates, high housing costs due to restricted regulations, and their post-COVID woes, uh, the lockdowns and masking mandates and the crime during the George Floyd era and the spread of homeless encampments. Those things are becoming like, like unbearable for some. People are just like, I'm done. I'm out. I think I've told you all before, a good friend of mine uh, works with me in the law firm. She and her family, her husband moved here from San Diego. San Diego is beautiful. If you haven't been there before, I, I, it's, it's beautiful. Right there on the coast. Um, and, and the weather's always cool. Like, I mean, in the middle of, of July, the, the evenings will be in the 50s. So it's beautiful in San Diego. Why would they leave? My question to her, why, why'd y'all leave? She said two words, um, freedom and cost of, well, two things, freedom and cost of living freedom and cost of living. She said that literally they, they left there because they were in a position where they felt like they could, they could see their retirement income do far more for them right here. And they also knew that the laws here were less restrictive and, and more in line with their values. So they packed up the U-Haul and they moved here. And, um, that's happening a lot. Um, I got another piece here. This one comes off the Epoch times. And I got to say, Think about this. What I'm about to read to you from the Epoch Times, was uh, it came out uh, actually yesterday. It says, the real state of the state of California. And it points out that in the past two years, under Governor Gavin Newsom's rule, California's population has dropped by 500,000. Can you imagine? 500,000. The population of Alabama is just over 5 million. That would be a significant percentage for us, but that's how big California is in terms of population. But they lost 500,000 with their biggest losses going to states like Texas and Florida and, of course, like I mentioned, Alabama. But let me, let me bring it home to you local. Up until the census that we just had, Birmingham has always been the largest city in the state of Alabama. Un- unmatched the largest. It is no longer the largest. In the last 10 years, it was at the last cycle. In the 2010 census, it was. And then Mayor Liberal Mayor Randall Woodfin took office. And during his term of office, Birmingham shrunk to the point that with only about 112, it barely missed being third 
The exodus out of cities is the same as states. We're seeing a blue state exodus, but Birmingham saw a blue city exodus. The population of Birmingham went down so significantly in the last 10 years that it went from being first in population to barely missing being third. And Huntsville's now the biggest city in the, na- in the state. And oh, by the way, take a look at the economy. And oh, by the way, take a look at the leadership. And oh, by the way, take a look at the policies those leaderships bring to bear. Yeah. So it's, it's, not, it's not just on the state level. It, it's also it's people look at the cities they live in and don't want to live in. Oh, I got a caller on the line? I'm just sitting here talking away. Is that Jeff? Jeff from Indiana. How you doing, brother? I'm doing fine, Phil. Heading north, man. Oh, it's already turnaround time, huh? Yeah, I just left Falkville. Ain't that nice? Well, <laughs> I'm not near enough. I'm not near close enough to home anyway. At least I'm not in Nashville anyhow. Well, usually you call <laughs> us in like in the latter part of the show when you're stuck in Nashville. <laughs> but right, right now, yeah. maybe you'll make it through well, in good time. Yeah, well, you, you had a, a topic here I need to get in on. You seem to be giddy that all these people are leaving. You know what's going to happen, don't you? No, what? Well, the 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 some of the the rich ones are going to come down here, and they some of them are going to bring their own their politics from those states, and then what's going to be left is the idiots that uh, will still overspend. And uh, last time I looked, I think all these states are in the uh, in the red, and you know Indiana and Alabama, I believe, are in the black. Uh, then uh, they're going to go bankrupt, and then uh, that billion dollars that Kay Ivey's got in her pocket there from the federal government, they go, <laughs> give it back to us. we got to give it to New York and California. <laughs> uh, you know what, though? I, you're probably right, because cause they're the first ones that will scream for a bailout, because that's the way they operate. But, uh, but yeah, yeah the, it, the, the, the wealth transfer that's coming along with this population transfer has been pretty significant. Yeah. It's just like everything else, you know. They can't fail. We can't let them fail, you know, and you all have the money, and they don't have the money. So just because it's, it's like you say with the uh, water lines and stuff down here that they let neglected for so long and uh, that they're going to use all this money on everything. Well, uh, they've been neglecting air, their whole states up there, and uh, now we're going to have to pay for them because because uh, they. why do we even want to be fiscally responsible? Maybe we should go in the, in the red, too, and then somebody bail us out. Well, <laughs> be a whole lot easier. Well, <laughs> Why use your money when you use somebody else's? Well, and we and you know we've seen we've seen the whole mentality in D.C. before where they would say too big to fail, you can't just let them fail. And and I, and I somewhere along the line, there's got to be a breaking point. Like they they can't keep right now. And one of the stories I've got that I hadn't gotten to yet says that the income tax rates in California and New York are over 13 percent, and people are just getting their souls crushed and they're they're leaving. Sooner or later, they got to realize. You might actually make more money by taking less of people's money. You know, yeah, I mean that, that's how most things work, you know, and everything because they're more productive and they and people will move there and and create jobs. But uh, if I was a businessman in any of those states, you know, heck, I'm see you, bye bye. Uh, I'm going somewhere where uh, Tennessee, Florida, or anywhere that don't have in, income tax and. Uh, or low tax state like Alabama. As as a as an attorney, uh, just last year I did a a major real estate closing, a multi million dollar home uh, for a guy who was moving himself, his family, and his whole business to Alabama from California. And in his words, I got to get out of there. They're taxing me into oblivion. So he he lock, stock, and barrel. Everything came to Alabama, and uh, you know, uh, California's loss, our did game. He have, did he have any money left after he paid his? Taxes on his house in California. <laughs> I don't know, man. But he had enough to buy a pretty decent one here, I can tell you that. All right, Jeff, I got to well, run yeah, to a break, I mean, brother. You be safe on the road. 
You too, Phil. Have a good weekend. Uh, see you. Bye-bye. All right, Boomer, take me to a break, brother. We'll do that right now. We'll come back and uh, put a pin in this one. I got a couple more here on the facts, the figures, and the reasons that people are bailing from the blue states and coming down to places like Alabama, Texas, Florida. Yep, the blue state exodus. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid and conservative and just plain right, making it cool to be a conservative. Hey, we got uh, we got plenty of stuff. Um, uh, we, I mean, look, like, like, look at this. So the Epoch Times, I had that story I told you about a minute ago, the real state of the state of California. It says this year, Governor Gavin Newsom is actually skipping giving his formal state of the state address. Huh. Pray tell, why would that be? It says in the past two years, under, News- under Newsom's rule, California's population has dropped by 500,000. Several of his, the author's friends from the Epoch Times have left in the past year. I've got that own experience I told you about. It says California and New York, they impose income tax rates that can exceed 13%, but their budget deficits are still mounting. Lawmakers, by the way, I, I, I also read, maybe it's in this article, that it turns out that the populations of New York and Florida are not that different, but Florida spends half as much as New York does. Wow. Since California and New York impose these high tax rates, lawmakers in Sacramento and Albany think the answer is to soak the rich even more, yet Florida, Tennessee, and Texas impose no state income tax, and they all have sturdy surpluses. Their coffers are full. They're even looking to cut taxes. How is that possible? It goes on to point out, it's in the past 10 years, six of the seven High-tax blue states have had net losses of populations as compared to other states, totaling nearly 5 million Americans who have moved, in part because of, you know, high-tax policies. According to a report by the Public Policy Institute of California, there's also the fact that California's violent crime increased by 6%. Um, Robberies did fall somewhat, but aggravated assaults jumped by 8.9%. And uh, homicides and rapes increased by 7-plus percent. California's violent crime was higher than the national rate of, uh, of any other state. It says, in short, the real state of California is dismal. For those who are still there, um, taxes and general cost of living are rising. The chances of getting conked on the head and robbed are rising. Uh, even murder, being murdered is rising, and schools are declining. So is it any wonder why they are losing people? Well, there's more to this. You can look at the overall. Right now, a piece from thehill.com written by Joe Concha uh, came out just a couple days ago. And the top three issues that drive people out of these blue states, taxes, crime, and traffic. Taxes, crime, and traffic. Think about it. Just picture the states that we've talked about. You know, Illinois, New York. California, taxes, 
crime, and traffic. And then on top of that, the migration patterns, they have huge consequences for their state budgets. Huge. 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 Lots. It says, per the Internal Revenue Service, New York State's uh, tax base decreased by $19.5 billion. Decreased by $19.5 billion in 2020. California saw $17.8 billion leave that year. Illinois lost $8.5 billion. Meanwhile, Florida gained $23 billion. Texas gained $6.3 billion. North Carolina gained $3.8. South Carolina, $3.6. Tennessee, $2.6. All those red states saw positive growth in revenue on income taxes and other taxes collected, while the states that are the highest taxed in the nation, the blue states that people are fleeing from, are hemorrhaging not only people, but hemorrhaging money. How much longer can they possibly keep that up? I, I don't know. I mean, I look at it and think, what the heck, man? When do you stop and sit back and go, you know, fellas, it just ain't working. I mean, there's got to be a little bit of the set aside of hubris and go, you know, I'd love to say that what we're doing is, you know, is going to come together next year, but it's just apparently not. Um. So, yeah, Wall Street Journal also had a piece on this, and it's actually called The Blue State Exodus Continues. And it points out, like I've been saying, Texas and Florida make up about 15% of the U.S. population, but they accounted for 70% of its population growth this past year. How about that? 15% of the population lives in those two states, but 70% of growth occurred in those two states, Texas and Florida. Meanwhile, California, New York, and Illinois lost the most residents. Close behind them, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Oregon, Massachusetts, Minnesota, and Louisiana. And folks, I'm just telling you, you can look at the same policies, taxation, the economy, crime, and even traffic, and you can see the same. And, and then, you know what it all comes down to? <laughs> Go to U-Haul and just look at the records. That cracks me up. The, 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 all these studies, all these surveys, all these Census Bureau, uh, you know, reports, all of it, nothing, nothing trumps the fact that U-Haul already knew that. Because U-Haul, you know what? U-Haul is the private sector, man. U-Haul is the private sector doing what the private sector does. Invented a better mousetrap. People want to rent a truck. They go to U-Haul. And daggum, if we don't get the stats and we know exactly where people are going. If you're not getting a round-trip truck, well, it probably means... <laughs> That you're bailing on that state. Oh, my word. Wow. All right. There it is. The Blue State Exodus. Coming up next, we're going to jump into number two of the Triple Dipper. Trafficking. Human trafficking. Trafficking, it's here. And joining us in this hour, Jared Hudson, former Navy SEAL and head of the Covenant Rescue Group to talk about it. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Hey, all you right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Local, state, national, man, we cover down on all the issues. And like that dude just said, we are solid conservative and just plain right. Well, I'm going to jump into the next topic, but I got to tell you before I do that, I'm looking up on the screens here in the studio. And uh, they're co- on CNN, they're covering the fact that another Norfolk Southern train derailed yesterday uh, right here in Alabama, Calhoun County. Uh, over near a little town called White Plains, and uh, and they're they're covering the story about how this is just it just it just seems like it's an everyday event now. Um, but uh, at least in this case, wow, there it is right too, Boomer. Look at that. You can see the whole thing. They flew a drone over it. How did they get that far off the track, man? Um, anyway, uh, yeah, they're still cleaning that one up uh, over in Calhoun County, Alabama. More to come if we hear something about it. We will let you know. But what we understand right now is there was no hazmat. And there was uh, there were no injuries, which is amazing because I'm looking at this massive pileup. But it happened in a rural area. It looks like it was actually well away from any roads. It's just like traveling through the woods, and it's off the side. Man, man. All right, hey, listen. Number two of the triple dipper. I'm calling it trafficking is here. You know, it's 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 an amazing thing to think about. But Alabama is um, is unfortunately in a spot that makes us one of the hotbeds of human trafficking in the United States. It's, it's, just, it's just the confluence of the roads and where we are geographically. It's not because our laws are lax. We actually have some pretty good laws here in the state about this. And I was proud to, to, to help you know, pass some of those when I was in the legislature. But right now, um, we are looking at the fact that human trafficking, according to one article I've got here, human trafficking is the fastest growing, second largest criminal activity in the world in Alabama's I-20, I-85, I-10, I-65, confluence. Those are the major corridors for human trafficking. And specifically, here's, here's a sad fact. Uh, I-20 that, that cuts right through the middle of our state. I-20 has been identified as what they call the superhighway of human trafficking in the United States. Sad but true. It's because on one end you have Atlanta, on the other end you have the southern border, basically, heading into Texas. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, this is... This is a this is a crime against humanity, and, and human trafficking is really uh, it's it's a it's a form of modern day slavery, if you will. People profiting off the exploitation of other people, and the victims of human trafficking, according to this article, they can be men, women, or children of all races, nationalities, and socioeconomic backgrounds. There is an organization we founded it um, uh, by a declaration of the legislature when I was in. Uh, called End It Alabama. It's basically the Human, ta- human Trafficking Task Force um, uh, sponsored uh, by the state of Alabama. It brings together all the different organizations uh, who, who participate in, in work in this issue. Here in a few minutes, we're going to have in the studio Jared Hudson, a uh, former Navy SEAL who um, 
uh, most recently ran for sheriff uh, as a Republican. He also runs an organization called Covenant Rescue Group, and we're going to talk to him about the, the actual work they do and why it's so important and how they accomplish it. But listen, here's some things you need to know. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and paint the picture of human trafficking and, and, and maybe get it in a slightly different perspective. Because human trafficking, first of all, doesn't necessarily have to mean someone got stuffed in the trunk of a car and, and, and trafficked across the states. Uh, it, 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 could, it could actually happen with kids sitting there chatting with someone online. It can happen in the, in the comfort of your home when you didn't realize who your child was talking to uh, through their video games, which are so often interlinked through the Internet now. And human trafficking, according to this article I've got, is the use of force, fraud, or coercion to exploit someone for labor or commercial sex. And the law states that commercial sex and trafficking with a minor is automatic because of their age. Because, because under the law, if they're under the age of 19, you cannot be seen to consent to sex with an adult. So human trafficking kicks in immediately when there is the potential that someone has been exploited for sex as an underage minor. And the human trafficking across the state of Alabama, y'all, is a big deal. It says human trafficking in this article, it says there's a major issue in Birmingham, across Alabama, in the region. In fact, the United States, 40% of all human trafficking is believed to occur in the Southeast. Hence the reason why I-20 is so key. And it says the 140-mile stretch between Birmingham and Atlanta, that is the worst spot. It is known as the sex trafficking superhighway. I've thought about this multiple times as I am traveling, you know, to and from Atlanta, uh, headed that way for whatever reason, heading to the Atlanta airport, whatever the case may be. And I've thought about that. As you drive down the road, you don't know what's in the next car or the next truck. You don't know who, who, who may be in a bad position because think about it, 40% of, of human trafficking is believed to occur in the southeastern United States and the worst spot in the entire part of that, you know, region is that short space between Birmingham and Atlanta on I-20. Good gosh. Um, this is also, by the way, not just about sex. Sometimes it's domestic servitude. Slavery is really an issue. It says here, which slavery, uh, for domestic servitude, it means that a person who is, you know, working a roof, preparing food in a restaurant, or cleaning a hotel room might not be there acting of their own volition. They might be, in its essence, an indentured servant. Anyone can be trafficked, he says, any age. It's not just about kidnapping. It's not just about abduction or human smuggling, although those are big. And then social media and online games, like I said, are big ways for young people to get involved, you know, un 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 uh, unawares in human trafficking. Young people get courted on social media. And, and this Jane Bell, Jan Bell, I'm sorry, the former executive director of the Children's Policy Council in Jefferson County, she's quoted saying, social media has been a game changer. It's provided access, anonymity, in a way that complete strangers can have intimate personal contact with minors. Um, but, but there are people taking action. And we're going to talk, like I said, to Jared Hudson here in a little bit. Hey, I got a caller on the line. Let me grab that real quick while I got a minute. Uh, Susan from Elkmont. Hey, Susan, how you doing? I'm doing well, you? I'm good. I'm good. What's on your mind? I was just bringing up because you said it happens here. In the little town of Elkmont, a few years ago, we had a spa called the Pine Tree Spa. Yeah. And it eventually got raided. And the ladies that were working out of it were in our local 
jail, and a couple members from my church went to visit them. And what those ladies told these people who went was that they put us in a van, they take us to a building, we're there three or four weeks, another van picks us up, takes us to another building. You know, so they had no control of their life day to day. They were just put someplace, and they, they said, we can't even tell you where we're at right now. We don't know. Wow. Wow. They were probably yeah, safer being in jail, like, I guess, at that point. Maybe. Maybe. And that, that was right there in Elkmont, huh? Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect it because my son, my husband used to tease me. He'd call me at work and he'd say, "Well, I'm up here at the pine tree spot and I forgot my checkbook. Can you come by and pay?" And I'd tell him, "No, the police can come get you." <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know it's true though. And that, by the way, that's small town America. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's not like we're only mm-hmm. seeing this in the big cities. And so your 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 point is well taken. Hey, Susan, thanks for the call. Yeah, right Do we lose her? Oh, she's already gone. Okay, um, but she's right. Small town America. It doesn't matter. It's, it's right here where we are, where we live. All right, listen, uh, we're going to take a break right now. We'll come right back. Uh, Jared Hudson, Covenant Rescue Group, who has got a focus on this issue, human trafficking. Human trafficking, it's here, y'all. It is right here. You just heard Susan. It's right there in Elkmont. It's, it's in small-town America. It's on I-20 right here in Alabama. Y'all stay tuned. We'll talk about it more. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative just plain right just saving the world one soundbite at a time all right well as promised we are here in studio right now with uh, jared hudson uh most recently uh candidate republican candidate for sheriff in jefferson county uh retired navy seal uh but now also heavily involved with an organization called the covenant rescue group uh, a frequent flyer here on the show. You've been on what two or three times, I guess, haven't you? Yeah, a handful of times. Yeah, it's it, always good getting to come up here and see a uh, you know a fellow brother in arms. You know, it's like I said on the way over here when I said I was going to be late. You know, he said I leave it to a frogman to miss his ETA or something <laughs> like that. I said, hey, Rangers lead the way, bro. Rangers lead uh, the way. Oh well, hey, it's it's my show. I get to say it That's like right. I want to That's say. Exactly right. right. Um, hey, thanks for being here today, though. Yeah, and, no, thanks uh, for having me. Absolutely, and uh, and thanks for what you're doing with Covenant Rescue Group because. Uh, uh, when I was in the legislature, uh, I was supportive of several measures that dealt with human trafficking to include what stood up the group they call uh, Ended Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Alabama Human Trafficking Task Force. Um, but you're out there doing the legwork. And uh, so, first of all, let's back up. What's your understanding? What's, what are you seeing as somebody who's sort of operating in the environment in terms of human trafficking in Alabama? Right, yeah. So, in particular in Alabama, the biggest thing we see is one of the misconception that human trafficking is the movie Taken, right? Everybody's seen the yeah. movie Taken. Or they, they see, or maybe we talk about what we did in Afghanistan, getting people out. Like when we went over, I went over with uh, with a group of guys we put together, and we got people out that were at risk for being trafficked, Christians at risk for being trafficked and killed, for being Christians or those who supported the U.S. cause. So that is generally what we think about when we think of human trafficking, somebody being physically 
taken against their will. Uh, in Alabama in particular, uh, really just stateside, anywhere in the U.S., Oconus as uh, outside continental U.S., in Conus would be inside continental U.S. So uh, Conus here, continental U.S. wide, it's basically – almost a poverty thing a lot of times where you're not being taken against your will, but a lot of times somebody just can't afford to live. So they find a a way to make money and it doesn't matter if it's parents selling their kids, aunts and uncles, some sort of caretaker selling children or somebody who's of age selling themselves, uh, whether male or female. And we see, we see both. So here in Alabama, we see the same thing we see all over the U S and that is, you know, um, People just selling themselves, whether it's indentured servitude, whether it's uh, uh, sex trafficking, which is what we primarily think of as sex trafficking. Uh, that's that's kind of what we see is it's it's almost a choice, but a lot of times it's not as easy as just saying it's a choice. It's not yeah. like somebody's putting a gun to their head. There's, a, there's a coercive it. aspect to it usually. There is a coercive aspect to it, which is in most of the code, both the federal code and the and our state code now. It happened about 2018, probably around the time you pushed, helped push some legislation so we actually have some human trafficking statutes in the state of Alabama under under our criminal code, um, and that coercion is a piece of human trafficking, right? So it's just somebody victimizing somebody else. Oftentimes it's because, well, this person can't afford to pay their bills, so somebody who can't afford to pay it's going to victimize them in that yeah. way, right? They're almost like they're preying on somebody who's weaker. Well, so uh, I, I think it's fair to say that it's happening right under our noses in in, in every aspect of, of, of Alabama society, American society. Um, it's small town and big town. It's not like you have to be in the major metropolitan areas for you to run across some form of human trafficking. No, yeah, um, you're, you're exactly right there. And one of the biggest things that we've shown, especially in some of the Midwest towns, is the impact that some of these smaller communities are seeing. It's actually people from different areas that are uh, infiltrating these smaller communities. I, I can't, I don't want to talk about specific cases over the air as much, but I can mention one thing that I know happened. Um, a buddy of mine that I work with, a guy in New Jersey was targeting his son in uh, just outside the Birmingham metro area. You know, a small community, went thing was happening, this guy out of New Jersey is doing it via internet crimes. Now, a lot, and his son is, you know, would obviously underage, I won't give the age of his son, but um, his son is underage, and that would be maybe ICAC, you know, Internet Crimes Against Children sort of thing. Right. But that's child exploitation because now uh, kids have access to people they wouldn't normally have access to, and you have predators that get on there and they utilize that. And it's, again, not always in the form of sex trafficking. It's just in the form of uh, somebody is trying to take hold of somebody else who who's in a weaker state, whether it's a child, whether it's somebody who's impoverished, whether it's both, um, and and that's that's generally what happens. Or uh, somebody takes hold of maybe parents who are in a weaker state, right? They think, oh, I'm gonna, this will be, we need to make money. This is gonna be better for my kids, and then yeah. starving. You know, we yeah. see that overseas a lot, but we're seeing it here stateside now as well. So, do um, let me ask you this. I, I said right before you walked in the studio that uh, that statistics tend to show that. The I-20 corridor across Alabama is considered the superhighway of human trafficking when it comes to crossing state lines. Is that something you've you've seen in your own experience? Oh yeah, yeah. And and the main reason is, and it doesn't matter where we did a, we made a couple of arrests down off of uh, off the I-20 corridor um, near Mississippi back during the campaign. I didn't talk a lot about this during the campaign. You know, I like to say I was the sheriff runner-up for Jefferson County, right? That <laughs> sounds a little bit better, but. 
The uh, but no, when we were uh, about you were the best candidate for the race. There you go. How, how about that? That's you know, what I'm I, talking I like about. That. I wish there was a physical fight. If there was a physical <laughs> fight, then you know. But uh, but no, you just have to fight with words. But either way, the we made some arrests down that way during the campaign. Uh, the organization did uh, working with some state and local law enforcement that that we were tied to in that area and federal law enforcement. And I think all those cases went federal and they'll be prosecuted uh, both state and federally, which is good. However, it was uh, some of them were coming up the I-20 corridor from other states. So almost every time we do anything, we do see that. Uh, but generally speaking, yeah, it's mainly because the border, uh, you got all the way out to Juarez, El Paso, all that. You got I-20 that runs from California all the way to, yeah. to Atlanta and yeah. then up the eastern seaboard. So that's really what it is. So, um, you know, it's, it's every age, every demographic. I mean, there are, yeah, there are probably some that are more than others, but nonetheless, mm-hmm. and it's also, uh, we did see a stat that I just talked about a minute ago that they say that roughly 40% of most human trafficking in the United States occurs in the southeastern United States, um, which, which will put that I-20 corridor in, mm-hmm. in full view at, the, at that point. But what about, um, what about state and federal agencies and even local law enforcement? Do you, do, are, they, are they engaged? Is it a topic that, that's on their radar, or is it one you have to keep reminding them, hey, this is there? I would say it's definitely a topic that's on the radar. Um, obviously, I, I ran for sheriff in, in the largest sheriff's race in the state, the largest sheriff's office in the state, Jefferson County, and I saw the political aspect of everything, and what I've learned is it's uh, most of the time it's a political narrative for uh, sheriffs a lot of times. Not always, but I'm just saying just generally speaking, human trafficking is a political narrative for sheriffs. Uh, for for any politician, for that matter, because again, it's a good thing. I'm not saying that that's necessarily bad, but they want to run on it. So when it's campaign season, they start up the prostitution stings one after the other, and they're really going after sex work as opposed to real human trafficking. That is what I have seen. Uh, that's what our team has commonly seen, and that's what a lot of guys who are doing the work on the ground, some of the men and women who are going against internet crimes against children, child exploitation, uh, real sex trafficking, or even labor trafficking. They see an uptick during political season because it's a political talking point yeah. for the for the politician. Uh, so that's probably the most frustrating thing. Uh, but on the other end of that, uh, we see a lot of law enforcement agencies that they, it's, they don't know how to specifically target real human trafficking, if that makes sense. Which is where Covenant Rescue Group, which we'll talk about here in a minute, yes, comes in as uh, as an augmentation, if you will, I guess. That's it. Yeah, that's it. All right. We're about to take a break right now. We'll do that right now. We're in studio with Jared Hudson, uh, former Navy SEAL, head of the Covenant Rescue Group. We're talking about human trafficking because, y'all, human trafficking is here. It's not out there somewhere. It's It's here. And uh, there are folks like Covenant Rescue Group that are actually doing decisive work on the issue. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
News, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right, covering some major ground across the northern half of the most beautiful state in the nation, Alabama. I'm talking about this show goes down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, from Tuscaloosa back over to Gaston, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Back in studio right now, uh, Jared Hudson, uh, former Navy SEAL, uh, who remains pretty active. Uh, and in this case, we're talking about his efforts and work with an organization called the Covenant Rescue Group, human trafficking. All right, so Jared, let me let me ask you this. I've, I've got some stats here in front of me. I mean, like uh, this particular, this is from Ended Alabama, and their stats say things like 80% of human trafficking victims are female, but males can also be victims in human trafficking. Uh, the average age of entry into sex trafficking is at the age of 11 to 14 years, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing. $32 billion industry, they say, estimated. Um but let's let's talk about this. Who, in in your experience, and you've been working with this for a bit. So, who are the trafficking victims? Where do you see them coming from? And 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 are they under the radar, or are they people that everybody recognizes they're gone? Yeah. So again, here stateside, we talked about it earlier. So here, continental U.S. Primarily, what we see are people who have caretakers. It might be a mom and a dad, or step parents, or aunts and uncles who who don't really care for them. Right? They're going to sell them. So it. It's domestic in nature, oftentimes, or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, whatever it is. They, they, uh, it's somebody that maybe the victim would be able to trust, or would you would assume they would trust, that's selling them uh, for for whatever it is, right? Whether it's sexual, whether it's some sort of indentured servitude. So uh, it's 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 not as easy as like somebody who's stolen from their family. Like if my little girl went missing, they're going to yeah. burn the Southeast down to find her. Absolutely. Right. We're going to, we see that happen with cupcake. We saw that happen, uh, with, uh, uh, uh Anaya, um, yep. Anaya Blanchard, uh, Anaya Blanchard. Right. We saw that happen there where they law enforcement, both federal and state literally worked 24 seven and families worked 24 seven and NGOs worked 24 seven to find out where these, uh, where these young ladies went. That's not who are trafficked. It's the ones who are forgotten. It's the ones who are not known about. We've got an open border, so you have a lot of illegal immigration. So there's yeah. there's a lot of that involved in it because nobody knows they're here. Nobody knows what's going on uh, with with these people coming across the border. Or it's people within the state system, foster kids, runaways. It's ones who don't really have a home to go to. And sometimes it might be that they're uh, their situation being sold for sex might be better than the situation they previously left. Uh, I know we've seen that with some girls that we've rescued where, I mean, God, which, which is the worst situation? Daddy putting out cigarettes on you, mama's boyfriend sexually abusing you, or are you shacking up with this boy who's selling you to his buddies for sex? You know, I, I mean, it's, it's a bunch of terrible situations. So that's kind of what we see. That's the traffic. All right. So, so let's talk about that covenant rescue group. What is it? And, and, and how'd y'all get started? Yeah, so in, uh, in, in 2018, my wife and I, when I got out of SEAL teams, we had a heart for, for human trafficking or anti-human trafficking. Met a buddy of mine, Mike Rebels, who I work with. He's the director of operations at uh, CRG now. And uh, he's law enforcement forever, plank owner of the uh, Marshals uh, Gulf Coast Regional Task Force. The dude's been in law enforcement for, for 30 years. So he knows the ins and outs of this. So uh, me and him started working with a couple of organizations together. And my wife and I had a heart for it, and we just said, you know what, we need to start something on our own. So we took some money uh, that we had in savings, and we started Covenant Rescue Group, and that was 2018. My business was going by then. I was out of full-time law enforcement, uh, but just working as a reserve and part-time. 
uh, training all across the state of Alabama and then all over the nation. And, and we started CRG. We got our 501c3 status in 2019, I believe. Okay. Uh, the president of the board, Josh Moody, could tell you more specifically when we got that, but I believe it was 2019. Uh, put a board together, got a lot of great board members, have added to it since. Uh, people that are part of the community in Birmingham, Alabama, but have outreach beyond Birmingham and Alabama for our national uh, initiative and even international initiative. Um, and uh, so during my campaign, uh, I would just, people would ask, hey, we're here to do a human trafficking. I would say, contact Josh Moody with Covenant Rescue Group. And um, they would, and, and the campaign actually generated a lot of support for CRG, so much so that uh, when the campaign was over, the sheriff's race was over and all that, uh, crank off 2023, they're like, hey, Jared, we got a lot of stuff going on. Would you consider coming on full-time as the executive director uh, you know, for, for, the, for the organization so we can actually effectively use all these funds that have just started coming in, primarily from the campaign, surprisingly enough, people wanting to support this initiative. And so yeah. that's kind of where we're at now. Uh, they just brought myself in, for, me in full-time, uh, Mike Rebel's in full time, and then we have a handful of subcontractors and part time uh, employees, and then volunteers. The board is an all volunteer board, and the job is to supplement what law enforcement does, teach law enforcement how to effectively uh, conduct a real human trafficking sting as it relates to federal code and, in our case, state of Alabama code, uh, and then also partner with organizations like Wellhouse, Trafficking Hope, some of the NGOs that provide services. I call them advocates. Uh, to be able to do a rescue and get uh, victims in front of advocates. All right, so let me ask you this: What is a rescue? So, we, 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 I mean, this yeah. sounds like—I mean, you're you're a, you're a former team guy. You've got a former law enforcement guy as your COO right now. So you, you sound like operators, but is that what you do? Are you, are you truly an operations-oriented organization? We are an operations-oriented organization, um, and I have to lean a lot on. Uh, my business background as well, right? Had, uh, with the, with the MBA, with a business degree, and a lot of what I learned there, I'm now applying here because we're having to develop policy, having to meet with attorneys and go through yeah. things to make sure that, you know, everything is checked. It's not as easy as go out, kick a door, get a bad guy because we have laws, we have things in place to keep vigilantes from doing the wrong thing. Right. So we're not a vigilante organization. Um, we are sworn. We we are sworn as law enforcement in the state of Alabama, um, and and other locations as well. Uh, but we partner with law enforcement entities because they're the best ones to do this. Uh, one to teach them, and two just to help them conduct an operation to see. Wow, if we do it this way, we can truly get people going after kids. So uh, that would be a sting. But you asked about a rescue. A rescue is when we partner with other NGOs, Wellhouse. Um, Trafficking Hope. We did a, We did one last night. We did a rescue last night. Uh, we chatted somewhere around 200 women targets that we had to come in, chatted them to bring them in like you would a normal law enforcement prostitution sting. Uh, we bring them in and we get them in front of, in a safe environment, in front of the advocates, and then the advocates give them spiritual, mental, uh, health, uh, all the stuff that they do. You know, I don't do that. That's not my thing. We just make it safe for them, and we get the ladies in there, or we get the men in there, and the advocates sit and talk with them, and they try to get them the help that they need, if that makes sense. So yeah. that would be a rescue, and that's really based more around sex work, but it also gets into sex trafficking because both of those kind of go hand-in-hand sometimes. With law enforcement stings, we're primarily going after child exploitation, those showing up to buy kids or those that would sell kids. So we'll do both of those. That's a sting and a reverse sting. 
We always partner with law enforcement on those, um, obviously, because we have to. We have some of those coming sure. up in the Midwest and some coming up in the state of Alabama uh, here in the next quarter. And then finally, we do investigations. So with some of the relationships we have, without going too much in depth on those, uh, we do investigations that support both federal and state um, prosecutions, I guess, uh, on people who are primarily, again, child exploitation. Uh, as it goes, to, you know, is related to federal law, you're looking at, it's all 18 USC, but you're looking at basically 1591, 2421, 2422. I mean, you go down the list, 2423, 2424, all of those. And I believe I got it right here, 2252. So that would be the federal stuff that we're trying to support. So our investigations are related strictly to things that would fall within that federal code uh, to help the feds be able to prosecute these things federally and right. in state same way. So, so you guys are, you're operational, you're, you're doing things mm-hmm. that, that augment and support uh, existing law enforcement and prosecution authorities, uh, state and federal um, where, so covenant rescue group specifically, where are you operating? Are you, are you, are you central to Alabama or are you no. uh, all over the place? Uh, we're all over the place. We're all over the nation. Um, was, uh, we do operations here in Alabama, obviously it's kind of our home state, but, uh, we've got some coming up in the Midwest. We've done them across the Southeast, uh, partnerships in Texas. So with my company, before I even ran for sheriff and, you know, all for the last, I don't know, seven years since I've been out of the SEAL teams, um, or eight years, I guess, with the company, we have built relationships with almost every law enforcement. There's only 3,100 sheriffs in the, in the U.S. So um, we've built relationships with the vast majority of those organizations through the company and through the training we provide, whether it's through an academy training that they host or through the sheriff's office or a local PD. And so now we're leveraging those partnerships and that name we built in the training arena uh, to say, hey, guys, this is something else we're doing. We want to come in and and, and work with y'all. And most of the time you'll have a sheriff or a a local PD or a state law enforcement agency say, yeah, absolutely, y'all come in. We want to see what y'all got. I would imagine, too, that y'all are bringing in something that's a resource that sometimes gets beyond what they've got in their own hands to work with. And uh, and, and, and they, they need the outside support to uh, be a force enabler. Uh, yes, a lot of times that, that is exactly what it is. This is the way I like to present it when we're meeting with them because you always deal with egos. You <laughs> want to say, hey, we know what we're doing. You don't know what you're doing because that's not really the case. Most of these agencies know what to do. They just don't know how to properly use it. All we're doing is we're taking the will that this law enforcement agency already has in place we're cutting the tire off of it that's a prostitution sting tire, and we're putting a new tire on it to say, hey, now we're going to go from road to off-road, right? We're just putting a new tire on the wheel that you already have. And once we show them how to do that, they're off to the races, and they can make that work even better for them uh, as they as they grow. And that's what we've seen. I mean, one of the agencies we did in the Midwest, I think we made 23 arrests the first night, and they're like, hey, we got to shut this down because we can't we can't house anymore. It was a small sheriff's office. We can't house anymore, um, and now they're doing it on their own quarterly, and they're averaging between five and ten arrests every every single time they do it. At least that's what they pushed out to so us. So I, I guess, and you, and you said it. You got a lot of attention uh, during the campaign, um, and I got about thirty seconds for the next break here. But it sounds like your phone's ringing quite a bit, which just shows what the need is. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that's. Uh, that's a good thing, and it's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right, we're here in studio right now with Jared Hudson. we got a few more minutes after this break. We'll finish this discussion up. Because, y'all, human trafficking is just, it's just freaking here. It's, it's real. 
It's right here in Alabama. It's pretty much everywhere. You had our caller a little while ago, small town Elkmont, Alabama. There it was. And, and it, it's, it's not relegated to somewhere else or in the big cities. It's all around us. And there are warning signs to work to watch for, and we'll talk about some of that here in a few minutes, too. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We will be right back. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right, making it cool to be a conservative. Hey, listen, we're in studio wrapping up a discussion on human trafficking, and, and y'all, I, this part of the Triple Dipper is called trafficking is here. It just, it just is. It's here. And, and the reality is we got to shine a light on this kind of thing because this is, this is truly, to me, is some of the most heinous of crimes. This is the exploitation of people. This is, you know, the greatest asset that we have in the world is our human capital, if you will. It's the people that we know and love and work with and, and go to church with or whatever else. And, and the idea that there are those who are so willing to get whatever they want that they'll exploit others is the worst of humanity. And um, that being said, human trafficking, it's just here. And we got to shine a light on it. So, so we're with Jared Hudson, uh, former Navy SEAL, working uh, quite extensively with an organization uh, called the Covenant Rescue Group. And so, Jared, let me ask you this. Um, the average Joe and Jane out there listening to the show right now, uh, they're not going to be kicking indoors or helping you with investigations, but they may have something they've seen or they may have something that they can do. Uh, how do pe- what do people watch for? What are the warning signs, in your opinion? And, 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 and what do they do if they see something? Yeah, so the first thing, it's hard to know exactly what to watch for here because it's, it's primarily close to to families, right? And and we talked about that a little bit earlier. Caretakers are normally selling their kids, at least on the child exploitation side. Uh, On the the prostitution side or the sex worker side, a lot of times there's a lot of drugs involved. So if you have a family member or you know somebody where there's a lot of drugs involved, especially if if she's a female, she is very prone to being trafficked or at a minimum just getting drawn into the sex work field. So uh, I would say those are things that you can look for and know that, all right, if um, a buddy of mine's sister got involved in drugs and that's that's where she wound up going. She wound up going into the sex work field, sex track field. She was trafficked and she was actually killed um, a couple years ago, probably about 10 years ago. Mm. So with that being the case, those are the things that you can look for uh, that would not be a, you know, it's not a dead to rights thing. It's not, yep, 100% that's trafficking. Those are just those little signs. Drugs, especially within females, right? Heavy, heavy drug use. You see that. Generally speaking, she's a, a victim or at risk for trafficking. Uh, and then also, uh, just impoverished communities, impoverished, impoverished families. A lot of times, you see uh, those kids being sold in in that sort of way. And then for us, I'll be honest with you, it's hard to tell who who's the consumer because uh, if if we just want to be honest about it, the consumer is regular guys. It's bank CEOs. It's uh, it's uh, youth pastors, coaches. I mean, you go down the list of guys that we have, we have charged. And then it's also just a gangbanger off the street might show up and, and, and do that. But generally speaking, it's, it's, uh, 
it's across all demographics, across all levels of income. It's hard to, to pick out. And you and I were talking during one of the breaks uh, since you came in, and, and, and the other piece of this is, is labor trafficking, human trafficking. Yeah. So, so contracting firms and others that are hiring cheap labor, paying them under the table, and, and getting an indentured servant by doing it. Is, is, that's the largest form of trafficking in the U.S. So sex right? trafficking is the second largest, and, and sex trafficking is still big, but labor trafficking is, uh, is the largest form. So if you're a contractor who is not paying a normal wage, you're actually one of the largest forms of traffickers. On the, and my buddies are the contractors get mad when I say that, but I'm like, that's what you're doing. You're trafficking people by the definition of trafficking. It's labor trafficking. Uh, if you're paying people under the table and not paying a fair wage, uh, just because they're illegal immigrants or because they they don't charge as much as maybe the 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 guy who grew up here for lack of a better word then you are you're investing in human trafficking and there and there are hot spots and, I, and I've heard yeah. this before things like truck stops mm -hmm. and and other places are hot spots where you might see something that gives you the willies and maybe it's for a reason that it gave you the willies and 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 there's and there's 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 any number of things you could actually report. If you see a if you see a young lady going from truck to truck at the truck stop, if you yep. see, if you see someone who looks like they're being um, forced into a vehicle, or for that matter, don't don't ignore it. I guess is what I'm saying. That's it. And I would say probably the the biggest thing that we look for again because so much of what we do is child exploitation. If you see a a young girl and an older guy. At a, at a hotel together. Now, sometimes, like, I've got three daughters, so I'm right. always going to have younger girls with me because i got my daughters going around me all the time. But you can almost tell the difference in a father-daughter relationship. You can see, uh, what is this girl wearing? You know, would this girl really be wearing this if she was walking with her dad? Those are some of the things you can see and you can, you can possibly report. Um, that's probably the biggest thing that I look out for is male-female Males and females walking together, and what does that age? What does that age difference look like, and does this look like a father-daughter situation? Well, let's do this. We got about a minute and a half. Covenant Rescue Group. If folks want to find out more about how you're doing your work, where you are, how to support you for that matter, how do they find out more about you? CovenantRescue.org. You can go on the website. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I think we're on Twitter. All the social media for the social media guys that do that. Uh, we put videos out. I think we have a YouTube where we put videos out for some of our rescues and stings. But biggest thing, covenantrescue.org. You can read about the organization. Uh, we run on donations. So if you want to, uh, we're 501c3 nonprofits. So we, we love support financially. You can also reach out to us if you have any leads or anything that you might be, that might be sex trafficking or human trafficking of any kind. And, and for that matter, um, it sounds like the organization has room for growth. So if there's people that mm -hmm. want to get involved, they can also reach you through the website. Too, Absolutely. They can reach out on the website and say they want to be involved in a volunteer way if they want to support we have navy analysts that call, intel analysts that hit us up all the time hey i can help you with you know uh analyzing intel perfect we'll we'll put we'll plug you in and we can utilize them in that way so yes please hit us up if you think you have a skill set that would be useful for what we're doing all right well listen uh folks i hope you're hearing it uh this is this is right here this 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 ain't somewhere else this is not something that's down the road this this could be in your backyard at your restaurant. It could be it could be the people that are putting the roof on the house next to you. Uh, human trafficking, and you just heard it. Labor human trafficking is the biggest. Sex human trafficking is next. Children, people of all ages, it doesn't matter. The reality is this: it's the exploitation of people, and it needs to stop. And the only way we can end it, Alabama, is to keep our our, our eyes and ears open. And uh, organizations like Covenant Rescue Group are out there doing the deed. All right, folks, that's it. We'll come right back. 
changing topics, getting into a little politics, and what are the issues with John Rogers from Signal Polling. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. ruffians out there you are listening to right side radio you're listening live to right side radio with phil williams it's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side right side radio solid conservative and just plain right Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, sometimes the international. We cover down on all the issues, and like that dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, hey, we're switching gears. So, so far today, we have covered some major ground. We covered uh, the blue state exodus. Uh, We covered human trafficking, uh, which is here, y'all. It is just here. And now we're going to switch gears and get a little bit more political, sort of jumping into the issues. I'm, I'm calling this whole section of the Triple Dipper the issues to run on. And, and, and before I even dive into the material that I've pulled out, let me just, let me just say I've got, I've got a good friend, John Rogers. He's a pollster with Signal Polling and Analytics, um, a, an organization which, by the way, was founded right here in Alabama, which is now nationally renowned uh, for its quality polling. And uh, they just did some stuff on a national poll related to issues. I thought, man, why, 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 why have Phil try and talk? Let's get John Rogers in here. So without further ado, John Rogers, how you doing, my friend? Phil, great to be with you. And, uh, you know, just it's a busy political time, even though it, you know, it's an in-between year, but there's always something going on. Well, it's an in-between year, but it's already getting kicked off. I feel like 2024 is right around the corner. Yeah, yeah, and and you can see you can see that with uh, with Nikki Haley uh, from South Carolina, the former governor, former ambassador to the United Nations. She announced that she's running for president. You have several other people who are, I think are going to announce in the next uh, couple of weeks. And of course, there's lots of talk about a certain governor uh, from the <laughs> deep south and whether he may announce here pretty soon as well. So, well, that- uh, fun time. That 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 certain governor, I'm I'm sitting here in the studio looking up at the wall, and one of the big screens shows DeSantis is actually in Iowa uh, today. And last night, I was actually uh, at the uh, Alabama Republican Party winter dinner, and he was the keynote speaker last night in Hoover. So he's he's making the rounds. He certainly is, and I think that his team has done a pretty good job so far. You know, he's started to catch some. Um, catch some incoming from former President Trump. And I think that DeSantis is, you know, his reputation is as a very disciplined guy. And I think that he's been pretty smart to just kind of ignore a lot of that and focus on what he's doing as governor of Florida and then take that message to other states like Alabama and Iowa. And, you know, he's obviously gearing up for a run and they'll have to engage directly with Trump at some point. But why do that right now? Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's being pretty cagey, pretty smart by not declaring right now um, anybody who attacks him is doing it uh, w- without him actually being a candidate. And that's and he's also, by the way, at that point, too, he's allowed to fly around and just be the governor. 
you know. So um, uh, anyway, hey, let's 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 talk about some stuff because the 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 issues are are still developing, and and two years to an election is a lifetime in uh, politics. But nonetheless, you guys at Signal, and by the way, folks, if you want to look them up, that's spelled C Y G N A L. Signal, uh, you guys did a national poll. Uh, let's talk through some of the things that are the issues that people care about right now. Sure. So we do a national monthly poll. Um, it's, a, it's a huge sample size, usually four to 5,000, something like that, really large sample size. And we've been doing this for about seven or eight months. And so you're really able to uh, look at some trend lines in the data, which is you know, very interesting. But um, inflation is still the top priority for voters. It really? has kind of dropped off a little bit. Um, and, you know, it was at, I think it was 37% of voters nationally last survey chose inflation, and now it's like at 32%. Uh, so it's still the top priority, but it's, it's fallen a little bit. Um, one thing that we found in this, uh, this survey that we did just a couple of weeks ago is that national security has risen as a concern for voters, especially for Republicans. And I think that part of that is just the, the advent of the, uh, the Chinese spy balloon or balloons yeah. uh, that, you know, were floating. And then that was in the, the news. And all of a sudden, I think, you know, your average voter just all of a sudden realized, wow, this, this, is, a, this is a huge concern for the DOD. And, and uh, you know, the 90s and, and all of that, you know, just it's kind of it's back to great power conflict. Well, so, all right. All right. So inflation's number one. National security jumped up, you said, maybe because of China. Uh, what's, what's third? Where's illegal immigration? How's that doing? Uh, immigration is still a concern. It's especially a concern for uh, Republicans. And so that's something that um, you see, especially with uh, Republican voters. They're usually, that's usually their top concern, uh, one of the top concerns. It's second at, at 25% of Republicans chose illegal, illegal immigration. 37% of Republicans had chosen inflation. And then 15% of Republican voters chose national security. So uh, illegal immigration, you know, with voters overall, um, it's not quite as big a concern. It's at 13 percent, um, but it's definitely a driving force in Republican politics. So, and, and I did, and maybe I should have, maybe I missed this when you opened up. But was your poll? Your, 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 this is a broad poll. You said you had a, a pretty large swath of, uh, of of people that were polled. Was it purely Republican-based voters, or did you poll across uh, demographics and across uh, uh, political allegiances? Yeah, no, it was a it was a national poll, and this is of likely twenty twenty four election voters, right? So okay. it, this is this reflects what we think at this point will be the the demographic makeup of the twenty twenty four electorate, right? So this is not just going out and polling people, or even just polling registered voters, but we're polling people who said that they intend to vote in the presidential election in November of 2024. And you can kind of look at their vote history, look at the voter file and, and actually see that they have voted in a lot of past presidential elections. Um, and so, you know, necessarily, uh, so it, it's stratified and, and there's a good number of, of Republican voters in there uh, to match what would be the ratio of, of 2024. So did you find that the issues sort of lined up uh, differently with, with Democrats versus Republicans on the national issues? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you, Democrats are always a little more concerned about health care. Um, they're more, definitely more concerned about things like um, a bucket of issues that we call uh, threats to democracy. Um, 
And then there's, you know, much less concern among Democrats over things, um, you know, like illegal immigration. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's interesting, I, I think, especially as we kind of get into the, the primary, the Republican primary, um, I do think that there will be some issues that, you know, have kind of been on the fringe, maybe, uh, of the Republican discussion. But um, I think ESG uh, investing, that could be something that comes up a little bit. Um, and DeSantis is certainly trying to drive that, I think. I I, know, I, I agree. And you know, I think it's an issue that's going to catch fire as more and more people see their 401k is going down because uh, uh, woke investing as opposed to actual profitable investing. But uh, so let me ask you this uh, before we run out of time. Uh, you polled issues, obviously, but I would imagine that you also polled names. So right now, the lead candidate is still Biden. But how is his favorable, unfavorable ratings uh, uh, among any voter, for that matter? Yeah, so President Biden has a net favorability of uh, just plus 0.4, so not even plus <laughs> one. So 40, 48% of voters say that they have a positive view of them. Uh, and then just a, a tick less than that, say that they have an unfavorable view of them. That's, that's and it, it's really it, it's really interesting kind of looking through. Um, we've tested some head-to-head situations, uh, you know, hypothetical ballot situations. And uh, Biden leads Trump, but not by a massive amount. It's just by a couple of points in a hypothetical rematch of the presidential election. Uh, DeSantis does do slightly better. Um, than than Trump does versus Biden. So as of right now, it would appear that DeSantis is just likely maybe a better uh, has a, a better matchup versus Biden in the general election than Trump does. Okay, okay. but uh, I mean the question is still going to be: Is Biden going to run? And he's trying not to be a lame duck and give that away right now. But uh, I, I still question whether he will run. But 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 that being said, in the in a Republican primary, which Granted, that's wide open right now. Uh, anybody can jump in. Uh, what are the names you're seeing? And since we just had Ron DeSantis here in uh, in, in in Alabama last night, uh, how does he how does he match up in terms of the primary season? Yeah, it's really interesting to kind of look at that. So we had asked a question actually in a poll that we did in Alabama back in October, where we um, we asked if the you know if the Alabama Republican primary in 2024 were held today, who if for president, who would you vote for? And Trump still led, uh, but he was a hair under 50 percent. He was at 49 percent. And then DeSantis uh, followed up at 36 percent. And then Mike Pence and, you know, basically no one else uh, broke above 3 percent. But that was back in October. And I think DeSantis's numbers uh, have only, you know, his image has only become more positive, most likely. Um, But that was a, a poll that we did of Alabama Republican primary voters in October. On as far as like when we'll ask, do you have a favorable or unfavorable opinion? So among Republican primary voters, Trump is still very popular, right? 79% hold a favorable view of him versus only 18% who hold an unfavorable view. So that image is plus 61. Uh, but DeSantis's net image is actually a little bit stronger. Um, and so DeSantis has a, a net image among Republican primary voters of plus 65 with 76% saying they have a favorable view and then only 11% unfavorable. So they're, they're the two heavyweights by far. To kind of give you an example of some of the other candidates that might run, um, you know, you look at somebody like Tim Scott, the senator from South Carolina, and uh, only half of Republican primary voters even know who he is yeah. nationally. Yeah. 
And then um, you look at uh, Nikki Haley. We, we talked about a little bit, but Nikki Haley, uh, kind of a similar situation where basically a third of Republican primary voters don't know who she is. So, I mean, that could change. You know, campaigns spend a lot of money, but uh, definitely it's a, it's a DeSantis in a Trump world starting off. Wow. All right. Well, it's fascinating. And we'll find out sometime soon, I imagine, whether DeSantis. There, there's some folks say he's weeks away. Some folks say he could declare by tomorrow. Um, I, I think he's going to wait at least a month before he actually fully and officially declares, assuming he does. But the man's got a book out now. Uh, he's making the speaking circuit. And uh, and he's certainly talking like someone who is uh, planning on being a national candidate. But we shall see. All right, brother. Hey, John Rogers, thank you so much for your time, man. Signal polling and analytics. If they want to find out more about y'all and what you're doing, where can they find you? Just look us up on social media, Twitter or Facebook, and give us a follow. Phil, and uh, always enjoy the discussion. All right. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. And uh, we'll see you when you're back in the States or back in the Alabama Sounds States. Great. All right. All right, Boomer, take me to a break, brother. I ran about a minute long. We'll come back, have a short segment. I'm in number three of the Triple Dipper, the issues to run on. And I'm going to tell you, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me to watch the numbers and how they're playing out. So Signal, a very respectable organization, says number one on the list right now, still the economy. Number two uh, is, uh, oh gosh, what was it? Number two, and we had legal immigration was number three, but number two was national security. Um, all right, we'll come right back, talk about more. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. What bump was that? What was that? That was the uh, Paul McCartney, rinse the raindrop. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I was, I was like. Just, there was just a weird part like like halfway through it, so the good bump in because it still has a little jazz that, to that, it. That was a jaunty little tune. <laughs> jaunty. J-A-U-N-T-Y. There's your Scrabble word. A jaunty little tune. <laughs> Um, hey, listen, uh, I, I got I to gotta stop and just tell you guys. So as we're talking about doing things to help people like human trafficking and what Covenant Rescue Group is doing and all that, let me just tell you about one of our newest advertisers, the Elm Foundation. That's E-L-M, Elm Foundation. Elm Foundation, based out of Huntsville, is a 501c3. You're not talking about taxpayer dollars being just thrown out of problem. You're talking about an organization of people who, who do amazing work as a charitable organization that are, that are helping to change people's lives by, by interceding, intervening in their lives and giving them opportunities that I call a hand up as opposed to a handout. I mean, you know, teaching them things like how to put together your resume, how to find a job, how to get off the streets, how to uh, find housing. What, what can we do to help you better your position in life, get a certification that leads to a better job? There's so many things they do and they're good at it. And the Elm Foundation, we're excited to have them as one of our new advertisers. Check them out. Their website is elm, it's E-L-M-H-S-V.org. That's like Elm Huntsville, elmhsv.org. That's the Elm Foundation doing amazing work right here in our communities in North Alabama. 
Um, all right. Hey, I got to turn to the. So apparently, while I'm doing the conversation, you know, looking in one direction here in the studio, right behind me on the screen, uh, the text lines blew up. Boomer is. I'm looking at like. <laughs> Like dozens. Oh, of there's texts came there's through. a lot of them. I uh, think like thirty or forty came. Well, through. Let me just get some of these just in case, because I mean, I want to. I don't. I, our listeners participate in the show as much as you and I do sometimes. Boom. Um, so Jay from Hartzell just texted in and said, "I'd like to see a poll on a DeSantis uh, Scott ticket, meaning uh, Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott. I think that'd be a great ticket, by the way." He said DeSantis gave Disney the figure. And uh, if the fink decides to leave Disney the finger, I think he means. And Scott is very level-headed and just gets it. He said, I can't think of a better ticket. Each brings different talents to the table that I believe will complement each other. DeSantis Scott, 2024, Jay from Hartzell. Uh, David from Huntsville said, any Republicans that just assume that our 2024 competition will be Biden are in for a surprise. Don't trust the Dems. I agree with that. I think David's spot on. I think we're going to wind up seeing some reason why Biden and Harris can't run. Just, you know, oh, I'm sorry, we're done. Here comes Gavin Newsom or who knows who else. Uh, Priscilla from Hartzell, she just says, Trump 2024 all the way, double exclamation point. All right, Priscilla. Um, Susan from Elkmont, she says, uh, you should see about getting, uh, and by the way, Susan, you're the second person. I had somebody else refer me to uh, Jacob Bullion, who fights human trafficking. His sister was actually trafficked by a family friend, she says. That's the second time I've had somebody refer that name to me today. Uh, once was before the show. Uh, Dustin from Hazelgreen says, I can't say who, but I work for a Fortune 500 company. I'll speak with our regional HR department, Phil, and get some cash flowing their way. I guess he's talking about um, the, uh, the the Covenant Rescue Group. Dustin, I appreciate that. He said, uh, they give us money per associates to allocate towards any 501c3 organization of our choice. And if they're not on our if they're if they're not on our approved list, I'll get them on there as long as I can. I tell you what, Dustin, do this. You send me the information. I'll forward it to um uh to the folks at Covenant Rescue if they need to uh like apply for something or apply for a status, uh then absolutely. I will I will get that in Jared Hudson's hands and you are welcome to uh, send that information. Dustin, uh greatly appreciate it. Raven from Russellville, uh, former soft guy himself, he says, connecting with Grindstone Ministries. I'll have to look that up. I don't know Grindstone Ministries. So uh, thank you, Raven. Appreciate you. Uh, Brian from Huntsville, what's the best way to carefully report suspected trafficking? Um, I don't know about carefully, brother, uh, but I would, I would say um, just 911 if you see something that needs immediate attention. Uh, secondly, you can also look up uh, Covenant Rescue Group's website if there's something you're concerned about and wonder how to handle it, and they can assist you with that. And then the website End It Alabama, End It Alabama, uh, also has a lot of resources attached to it. Uh, Brian, thanks for asking. Great question. John from Brownsboro says, what's the legal difference between sex trafficking and prostitution? They're often tied together. Um, sex trafficking may be the pushing of a person, the pimping of a person, the, the moving them from one place to another, the prostitution is the act itself. Um, so so there's that. Uh, Melissa from Huntsville, brand new in the text line. Glad you're there. And uh, she had some comments about sex trafficking, but I hear the music playing, so I'll give you that after the break. I didn't even hardly scrape the edge you of didn't. the number of texts. <laughs> I mean, wow. What an amazing audience. It's an amazing show, and it's only an amazing show because we got amazing people that listen to it. How about that? Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We will be right back.
right side ruffians out there. You are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all of North Alabama, solid conservative, just plain right, covering some major ground across the northern half of the most beautiful state in the entire nation, Alabama. And I mean, this show goes way on down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Friday afternoon. Boom shakalaka. Friday yeah. afternoon, go home time. Ooh, go home time. Go home time. You know what that means. It's about time to talk about Just Love Coffee oh. for tomorrow morning. Mm, Saturday mm, morning, mm. let me just suggest to you that you don't want to mess up the kitchen. You don't want you just don't want a bowl of cereal, though. It's Saturday morning. And it's apparently going to be a fairly beautiful Saturday morning across the entire listening area, is what I understand. And Just Love Coffee Cafe has two locations in our listening area, one on Hughes Road in Madison, the other on South Parkway in Huntsville. And, yeah, they got lots of coffees, like Saturday morning coffees. Charlene calls some of those the treat coffees, like the cappuccinos, the lattes, the espressos. But then you got the menu to go along with the coffee, the breakfast burritos, eggs, cheddar cheese, sausage, peppers, onions, tomatoes, hash browns, sour cream, and salsa wrapped in a flour tortilla. Mm. Or the womlet. Oh, Boomer goes, mm. You hear Boomer in the background. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> the womlet. Eggs, sauces, cheddar cheese, onions, peppers, tomatoes, tater tots, all sprinkled with black pepper and, by the way, cooked in a waffle iron. And, and, then you got, <laughs> and then you got waffles. And then you got, you know, just good old coffee where they grind the beans fresh and make you something. They got a kid's menu, too, by the way. You can get piggy dips, that's two pig dippers, scrambled eggs, choice of syrup and gravy, or the biscuit builder, or mom's breakfast with scrambled eggs. All of this is at Just Love Coffee Cafe. Saturday mornings. Let me just suggest to you, it might be the day. Check them out. Two locations in our listening area, one on Hughes Road in Madison, the other on South Parkway in Huntsville. And do me this favor, tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. Mm. we got to get some text, Boomer. Oh, we do. Well, what I'll just jump on with you. Badger right. from Athens over here, he says the train, de- train derailments may be more common than we know. Uh, Ohio just put it on the spotlight. You know, I don't want to give Pete Booty Judge too much credit, but he did say something about these these derailments happen all the time. He said it a little dismissively, which he shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, Badger may have something there that, that that Ohio definitely put it in the spotlight. Yeah. Um, which is weird because if we had a plane crash, it'd be all over the news. Oh, absolutely. So train derailments happen all the time? What the frick? I mean, the, a train's ginormous. How do we not hear about this? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Dan from Madison says, uh, Dan from Madison here. After 30 years in California, he said, I moved to Madison from Huntington Beach. I live near Huntington Beach. I was in Laguna, Dan, just so you know. Uh, one of my best decisions ever. He said, California's in a downward death spiral, enabled by lefty voters who keep voting for more free stuff. Uh, Dan, uh, we're glad you're here, brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we got in there, brother? Uh, Chuck from, uh, is it Oneida, Tennessee? I, I, think, I think that's how you say Oneida, it. Oneida? Oneida? Yeah. Okay, yeah. He says, uh, the bad thing is, uh, this is talking about people believing the blue states. These people are leaving the blue states for red states, and a lot of them are bringing their liberal views with them. And <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you say that, but you know, it's funny. Ron DeSantis talked about that last night. Really? And, and he said, he said, 
He said, the crazy thing is, if you look around the parking lots, you're seeing more California license plates in Florida than ever before. He said, but he also won his election by 1.5 million votes, which clearly indicates they didn't come here just to vote liberal. So I'm hoping that's not true, Chuck. Uh, But uh, TC from Priceville says U.S. congressional House seats are contingent on population. Are they not? So are these blue states going to lie or report their new population? So uh, to answer that question, TC, great point. In the last cycle, California lost a seat in Congress because of this. Alabama, they thought, was going to lose a seat and did not lose a seat. And I believe Mm. that Texas picked up two. So that tells you how that happened. It's based on population. So (laughs) great point, TC. Uh, Jeff from Indiana, uh, I don't think we talked about this one. Uh, He's talking about U-Hauls. He was wondering, uh, maybe a pretty good gig to return (laughs) U-Hauls back to blue states. I wonder how much it pays. Just get the the contractor's job to return the U-Hauls that no one wanted to drive back into California to take. Allie from Athens texted in and says, we were dragged kicking and screaming to Alabama in 2000, and I'm so thankful that God interrupted us and made us into a happy and prosperous, prosperous Alabamians. Mm. I did not realize that she was dragged kicking and screaming here, but I'm glad she was. <laughs> uh, Jeff, uh, Holly Pond, Alabama. Yeah. Uh, talking about the people from uh, blue states. They're going to bring their traffic and crime with them. No, man. No. They're going to come in here and they're going to buy stuff in our, our stores and eat stuff in our restaurants and worship in our churches, and it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Um, all right. Uh, John from Pike Road. Uh, he says, uh, Phil, I just read an article that 1.2 million people got removed from the California voter rolls. How many counties in Alabama uh, need to have their voter rolls updated? Well, it's funny you say that because uh, we actually have done a pretty good job, John, of updating our voter rolls here. And I would bet that half of what they removed in uh, in California were dead people. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, in California, dead people can vote. So, all right. Hey, let me jump over here on my topic real quick. Uh, before, we'll do some more text here in a few minutes before we go. Uh, so this section of the show, I called it running on the issues. So we had John Rogers on, um, giving us the lowdown on what national polling says are the number one, two, and three topics, how people worked out in terms of their candidacy. And the, the number one topic, still the economy, the number two topic, national security, and the number three topic, illegal immigration. But there's other issues, and if you're going to have a statesman, and by the way, last night I will tell you, Ron DeSantis just just knocked it out of the park. So when when DeSantis gave his speech, he did not limit it to one thing. He ran the gamut of issues. And what's kind of crazy cool was he, he had a successful story about virtually every aspect of governance that you can imagine. Here's an example. The budget. So, for instance, the executive branch, Joe Biden, just, just, just threw his budget out there yesterday. It's, it's a god-awful budget. It's a, it's a budget that we don't want to see. As conservatives, it's, it's, it's like antithetical to common sense. And, and Ted Cruz came out swinging on this one. This is an issue that's going to be a part of the next campaign season, which is really underway as we talk, uh, to be honest. But Senator Ted Cruz says the Biden administration's budget for 2022, 2024, I'm sorry, reveals that socialists are now in charge and that President Biden, who campaigned heavily on being a unifying candidate, is not. Well, we knew that already. But uh, Cruz went on to say, we see the economy. We see two-thirds of people now can't make ends meet. You see people cashing in their retirement plans to make ends meet and people for bare necessities using credit cards. It's never been this bad. Um, And uh, actually, Sean Hannity said that to Ted Cruz. And then Cruz went on to talk about socialists being in charge. The budget 
is a huge issue. We're looking at, where's the other story I've got here? Hang on a second. Let me go down. Okay. Justthenews.com. Uh, Kevin McCarthy says the $31.5 trillion national debt is one of our greatest threats to America. He says that literally the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, projects that over the next 30 years, the debt held by the public could reach 195% of our GDP. 195% of GDP. That's unreal. In the next 10 years, he says Americans are going to pay $10.5 trillion just on the interest of our debt. Can you imagine? I mean, this is you're living in hawk. You are in complete hawk at this point. So, yeah, issues to run on, I would guarantee you that coming up in the next cycle, you're going to hear a lot about uh, budget. Now, the question is, will you just hear it? And then if the next administration comes in, will they do something about it? Um, you know, one thing, I, I, don't, I don't know that Nikki Haley has a snowball's chance of being president. Uh, I could be wrong. Um, but Charlene and I were talking the other day that Nikki Haley is a, is a budget hawk, that apparently she was a CPA or an accountant at one point, numbers are her gig, and that, um, that she did a lot to uh, help reconcile uh, the uh, the budget of South Carolina when she was governor. I, I, I want to look into that more and find out more about it because that could wind up being her strength uh, in the uh, in the campaign season. Next issue, crime. I was a little surprised to not see this in the discussion with John Rogers. When he was talking about what they polled on a national level, I, I, I anticipate that crime is still a, a much bigger issue in the minds of uh, maybe it's maybe it's more subject to the locale where you live as opposed to just being a national issue. But soft on crime is an issue that I believe you're going to see more and more of in the national cycle um, as, you know, people are asking for bailouts and, and people are flooding out of certain states. You, you, you know, Portland, Oregon, Walmart saying it's pulling out. Uh, they're not even going to have a Walmart store in Portland. That's unbelievable to me because they've had so much retail theft. Well, anyway, story on townhall.com. Guy Benson wrote this piece. Headline, imagine that. New York City learns that enforcing the law reduces crime. Huh? But it's true. Soft on crime ain't working. So what they're saying right now is that the city subway crime has actually dropped this year. Why? Because for the first time in a while, Cops were allowed to significantly ramp up their crackdown on things like fare evasion and doling out 10,000 more summonses in 2023 so far than they did at the last year. And crime is now down 21.5% in the transit authority. 21% decrease in crime. Because why? Because the article points out there's much less ambivalence and looking the other way on things like fare jumping. Because when you allow the little crimes to go, it just turns into more lawlessness. Lawlessness breeds lawlessness. And so, yeah, uh, I think you're going to see more discussion on these national campaigns about soft on crime. All right, Boomer, take me to a break, bro. We'll do that right now. We'll do the last break of the day. We'll come back and wrap it up because it's Friday and we are headed to the house like the rest of you. All right, you guys, stay tuned. We'll be right back.
are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid conservative, just plain right. Time now, 4.51 p.m. It's go-home time, y'all. And let me tell you, as you're driving home, I I hope that you're satisfied with the job that you have. But there's a lot of folks out there that are looking. If you're looking for work right now, if you're looking for a different work than the one you've got, uh, let me just suggest to you, you might want to go check out ZLA Solutions. ZLAUSA.com is their website. They've got great jobs posted all over North Alabama. They're actually in the middle of a hiring push right now, too, helping to recruit for a, uh, a new white-collar, high-tech position, series of positions at a facility uh, out at uh, Redstone Arsenal. So just be aware. They, they run the gamut. They've got stuff that's working in, uh, you know, in, in, in a variety of different industries, blue-collar, white-collar, no-collar, I like to say. They can do all of it. And if you're an employer or looking to fill out the ranks of your workforce, well, ZLA Solutions, that's their bread and butter, man. They can, they can help you find the onesies and twosies, the niche positions, or they can you know, get a whole shift of people for you. Recruiting, background checks, drug testing, all of it. ZLA Solutions. I know these folks personally. I was at their office yesterday. We were talking about stuff. ZLA Solutions at ZLAUSA.com. And uh, do me a favor, tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. Uh, let me jump into some more text. Remember, you can help me with some of these. Right. So uh, I got Becky from Shelby County, um, and I'm trying to figure out what she's telling me. It's a long text. She says, Phil, just tuned in, so I don't know if you've covered the interview with Matt Gates had with Laura Ingram last night. I have not. Um, she asked him if Kevin McCarthy met all of their demands, he would then, would he, he would then vote for Kevin. He said no. She then hammered him about this, and I'm really disappointed in Gates. I've always liked him. I respect them for the cur- – I'm not sure I'm tracking – I think she was saying that he said that if they if he had not gone into um, re- the promises that they – anyway, bottom line is thank you, <laughs> Becky. I'm not sure I can read and think at the same time. But what she's basically saying is Laura Ingram was giving Matt Gates a business about his position uh, with regards to uh, Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. Pick one. What you All got? Right, uh, Ray from Harvest. Yeah. Uh, Phil, have you ever heard of anything about California proposing reparations for all family yeah. members yeah. or former uh, former slaves? The tune of three hundred thousand. It's what? Uh, it's it's California. I know we is talked thinking about, about that. Three hundred thousand dollars. It's unreal, boom. Wow. So so this is where you and I need to go ahead and identify <laughs> as a different person and go to California as, and get paid. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I did hear that. And by the way, it's mo- a lot of it's uh, in San Francisco. And San Francisco, I just saw a headline this morning, I didn't read the article, said that um, they set up a reparations fund that people can contribute to if you want to participate in giving reparations. <laughs> and the fund's been there for seven years and not a single person has donated to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't, isn't uh, where, where was that? Uh, what part of California you were San Francisco. About? San Francisco. Yeah. Isn't that the same place that has the poop patrol? They do have poop patrols. <laughs> they are paying people to do poop patrols. And they're they're making some good money, too. Yeah. Really good money. I've forgotten about that. <laughs> we need to do that next week on the show. Poop, poop craziest, craziest jobs that are a result of, of liberal policies, one of which has to be poop patrol. Cleaning up the streets. Yeah, buddy. Just walking along with a little dustpan and a, an old broom. And we're not talking about Scra- dog poop. Scraping that defecation. <laughs> Uh, what else have I got here? Um, and, uh, uh, Becky from Shelby County just tried to help me out. She goes, that was an old post before I registered my number. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Thank you, Becky. We're just glad you're in the system. And I'm so sorry I had trouble reading your, your text here. JT from Lacey Springs says, blue state movers hopefully are seeking prosperity, which in turn will add value to our neighborhoods and cities. I agree, JT. 
I agree. Uh, uh, Badger from Athens, yeah. DeSantis Haley, 2024. DeSantis and Haley. Mm. That's I, I can see that being strong. Um, Ike from Somerville just says California sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's our text. That's the text. Mic drop. California sucks. Uh, All right. I like California, by the way. I used to live in California. Uh, it was, uh, I will say it was, a, uh, it was a turbulent time in my life. Let's put it that way. But I did for, for about a year, lived in California in, the, in roughly seventh grade and um, got in more trouble than any seventh grader should ever be allowed to get into. So uh, there's that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, probably, it's probably part of my testimony, I guess. Uh, what? What what did Brian from Huntsville say? Can I oh. simply <laughs> kick my adult daughters out of the house with a few dollars to just love coffee so I can sleep in? That's hey, yeah. go for go, it, man. Yeah, there you go. Get get and some sleep in. Just they get to go to, to just love. I mean, why not? That's right. Tell them to bring something back for you, though. Uh, Brandon from Athens just says, "Hey, y'all, it's Friday. Yes, oh, yes, yes, it is. Hit, hit the applause. Oh, it, and the boom. Where where? There we go. Boom. Friday. <laughs> there it is. Uh, what else we got in here? And by the way, Becky from Shelby County was saying, and that was the map. I, I need to, this is like, I think she's just trolling me now because <laughs> I couldn't read her text. Becky, what else you got? <laughs> like I couldn't get it straight. Hey, um, let me jump back over the topic real quick. With about a couple of minutes left here, I will tell you this. There are some other things that people believe are huge, huge issues not the least of which is national security. So 1945.com has got a great story. Uh, it says, Poll, Americans believe that excessive government spending is weakening our national security amid the China threat. I do not disagree with that, especially when you consider how much of our debt is actually held by China. Um, so spending and national debt have not traditionally been part of the national security portfolio, but the longstanding view has been that Republicans favor unfettered spending on defense while Democrats favor unfettered spending on domestic programs. But new polling, it says, suggests that while partisan divides remain, the rising threat from the People's Republic of China is making more and more Americans in both parties increasingly uneasy with Washington's spending levels. And, and there you go. So, yeah, I think the budget issue is becoming a national security issue. I think that article is spot on, especially when you consider how much of our national debt is held by China. Uh, so there's that. Um, Here's the other one. People are sick to death of having their civil liberties, their constitutional rights infringed upon. Daily Caller had a piece came out yesterday. Biden's budget proposes a massive funding increase for the federal crackdown on guns. Go figure. Says the funding, which draws from a $17.8 billion investment in the DOJ's federal law enforcement capacity, will be used to further regulate the firearms industry, create gun trafficking strike forces, enforce background checks, and implement the, quote, Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, uh, which is where we get into red flag laws and that kind of thing. So I'm just telling you, um, the issues to run on, that was this part of the Triple Dipper, the issues to run on are wide and varied. The polls do show there are some we care about more, the economy, uh, national security, illegal immigration. But civil liberties, fiscal conservatism, you're going to hear about all of this. Uh, in the in the in the next year and a half, it's going to become just a political football being kicked around. All right, what an amazing week! And I got all three dippers done. Boom! All of them. All three dippers. All right, you guys have an amazing weekend. Boomer and I back here on Monday. We will see you then. <laughs>